This is SFNet Presents In The Know with host Barry Bobro, sponsored by Hilco Global. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very special edition of the In The Know podcast. I'm, I'm the host, Barry Bobro, but today I'm, I'm doing what I do when I'm not hosting uh, the podcast. I'm a tennis fan, and I invited uh, my, my favorite tennis wonk in the world, Valerie Mason, who by day is at Otterberg, and uh, the rest of the time, she is an unbelievable tennis fan. We're a great tennis team. But before we get going, I wanted you to hear from another amazing tennis team who's going to kind of kick off the podcast. Hey, Valerie and Barry, Mike and Bob Bryan here in Miami. Just want to say congrats on the new show, Tennis in the Know. Uh, can't wait to check that out. And uh, Valerie, we hear that you're an amazing encyclopedic tennis brain. You know everything about all the players. And a big Rafa fan. And a huge Rafa fan. Sorry we, about last night in Cincy. Took a tough L, but he's going to bounce back strong at the Open. And he might be the best of all time. So you got that going for you. And I, we hear you're an attorney, just like my wife, tennis and law. That's sexy. Yeah. And Barry, we hear that you're not too shabby on the courts yourself. A great junior player with a huge kick lefty serve that just terrorized your opponents. I need tips on that one. I was more of a slice guy. But if you can hit that kick in the deuce court, um, that's nasty. But hopefully we can uh, be on your show one day or we can play some doubles, meet, meet down the road and, and play a little bit. But just sending you guys love, wishing you guys all the best for your amazing tennis in the no show. And uh, hopefully we'll see you down the road, maybe and, catch you at a tournament. And Barry, thanks for the support over the years. We hear you're, you're at some of our matches. So thanks for that and all the best to both of you guys. Bye, guys. Well, Valerie, here we are. U.S. Open season. You ready? I am so ready. I am. I was ready three weeks ago. I'm so ready. I can't yeah. wait for this to start. This it's going to be exciting. This is great. Maybe the maybe the most unpredictable U.S. Open in 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 a long time on both the men's and women's side, right? I mean, oh, it's going to be. I mean, if you have tickets for the opening rounds, you you just won't you you'll want to split yourself in four because there'll be at least four matches going on at the same time that you'll want to see. It's going to yeah. be great. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly right. Well, so for the for the podcast audience, maybe we'll just start with something really simple because I mean, not everybody's as I know you, you and I have a hard time understanding this, but not everybody is as much of a tennis fan as, as we are. So let's let's start with, you know, why do you why do you spend so much why why do you have so much invested in tennis? What do you love so much about tennis? I I love everything about it. I love the simplicity of the game. I love the uh, challenges that you have when you're playing it. Um, I love to watch somebody try to problem solve and put everything they have into something. Um, I like the fact that um, the person who wins the last point wins. That's right, there's no clock on it. Right. No clock, but you have to win that last point. That's the only point that matters, is the last that's point. Sometimes pretty hard. So yeah. I enjoy that. Um, especially love the U.S. Open because I love the involvement of the crowd in the match. And, you know, during COVID, um, I watched a lot of tennis during COVID. But and I Valerie, we watched a lot of tennis all the time. It wasn't yes, just, that's the, true. The, yeah. As you well know, Barry, four yeah. o'clock in the morning when you're calling me, I'm watching the Australian Open live. Uh, yes, I watch a that lot. That part of I understood, but when you were when you when you called me and told me you were linking directly into the court proceedings in Australia, 
<laughs> for, for Djokovic's visa, then I knew you were you were a committed fan. Well, I, I you know, it, I'm so happy to hear that the Bryan brothers appreciate the link between law and tennis <laughs> and find them equally of interest. I'm very excited by that. I can't wait to have them on our next uh, our oh, next yeah. uh, podcast. Well, they said they guests. wanted to get together, so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have yeah, to take them up on it. Well, I love the problem solving too, Valerie. I, it's the thing about the tennis that I think it's the individual sport. And uh, I've actually, uh, over time, I've, I've, I've interviewed and hired a couple of former uh, collegiate tennis players onto my team. And I, I always say, I don't know if they're going to be great asset-based lenders, but they have a great chance because they can problem solve. They can handle, you know, on the fly, changing strategy, and they, they calm and collect it under pressure. And if you can't do that, you can't play tennis. That's exactly right. And you can see that play out every day on a tennis court because it's the person not only with the best strokes, but the best mental attitude and approach to the game that's going to win. And that's always yeah. the interesting part. Um, yeah. you, you really can never tell what's going to happen. So that that's what makes it that's very interesting. Too. That is true, too. Well, let's, let's talk about uh, the, the current game. And I think, you know, for people who don't watch quite as much tennis, uh, the thing that I uh, I'll start with the, with the men's game here. Uh, well, actually, let's go a different direction. Let's talk about the fact that that, they're, that the, the, the the big three are leaving uh, over time and, and aren't nearly as present at the U.S. Open, but also Serena's retirement, uh, which has kind of been going on for a while, uh, just highlights the fact that there's no there's no leadership, uh, there's no obvious champion on the women's side at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, she has had an an amazing career. I mean, what she and her, her sister, Venus, who actually have been at Secured Finance Network uh, events before Venus, uh, I think it was three or four years ago um, in Miami. I'm not sure. I think that's where she was. But anyway, um, they, I mean, they have changed the game forever for the better. Um, and, and Serena is an amazing champion. Um, I'm sad to see her go, but I think that um, where she is in her life, you know, these are decisions that you have to make. And tennis is, in my opinion, an all-in sport. And if you're not going to be all-in, especially if you're super competitive, I mean, you're not in it just to go out there and swing the racket. Yeah. And I know that if she's not going to be 100%, this is a good decision for her. I hope. And I know, and I know it's frustrating for, for, for fans, you know, who do I root for? And, gee, this was a great American champion, actually two great American champions. But with her really gone for the last few years, what I really like about the game is that you see – you know, the, the people who are winning these tournaments, and it's a different one every major uh, or every, you know, Masters 1000 event, but they're, they're such phenomenal athletes and they're working so hard. And you really get to see that when you don't have the same players winning every time. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about this before. For me, I think the, the women's game is a lot more about confidence and streak and it's a lot more mental than physical. I mean, everybody is in great physical shape or 99% of them are. So it's a question of the mentality and can you keep it together? Um, and, and that varies from player to player and it, and it, and it varies a lot more in the women's game, but it's also more consequential because you're only playing two out of three all the time. You can have a little bit uh, to coin a, an old Yvonne Gulagong phrase. Now I'm going to date myself. You can have a walkabout in the men's game in three out of five at a grand slam, but yeah, you can't have right. that with the women. If you, exactly right. if you are in a bad patch, there's not a lot of time to get yourself together. So it is, in my opinion, the women's game more of a mental game and confidence. So, Yeah, but we, we haven't had, I mean, there's been no consistency. So Barty retired 
after winning the Australian this year, and it looked like it looked like Schwantek was going to take the mantle. She won the French. She had this amazing, I think it was 38 match streak. And lately, not so much. You know, what yeah. You Again, I think it's a lot has to do with the mental aspects. It's it's also where you have these first time winners of Grand Slams, and most of them never win again, or they win maybe two or three seasons later. I mean, Naomi Osaka is really the only player who comes to mind in recent history that was able to put a U.S. Open, a very difficult U.S. Open, the one she won against Serena under, you know, extreme circumstances, and then come back at the Australian and win that one. I mean, that's really not been done. And um, And, and she's nowhere in the game right now. Yeah, unfortunately. And I liked her. I like her a lot. And I think yeah. that's unfortunate because I think she has a great game. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, she had incredible mental toughness. I mean, that, that match that she won against Serena at the U.S. Open, that final, yeah. she was very young then, but very mature mentally, was able to really take the crowd out of it in her own mind and go forward and win that match. That was yeah. an amazing yeah. thing. She doesn't get enough credit for that. Yeah. Really was amazing, but over. But now, for the first time in in really, you know, anybody's memory, you have the same sort of thing going on on the men's side, which is with the, you know, Federer is he's not here at the Open. He's 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 aged out. Uh, he's also had injuries. I know so you're upset about that, Barry. <laughs> for, I, I I've got all my. For those of you who don't recognize, this is you know his Olympic uniform that he didn't get to wear. I've got the RF hat, and Valerie and I agree on many things, but um, we, we we don't agree. Well, actually, I think we have to almost agree on the goat conversation because because my guy is uh, not it, not gaining anymore and Rafa has had an amazing year but but before we get to that I mean you know with 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 Djokovic and this is breaking news as of the podcast Djokovic has finally admitted that he can't get into the country and, and isn't going to play so you have no no Federer no no Djokovic and and Rafa has a great chance but it's never been his his best surface so you have all these other winners coming to the fore I mean Medvedev Ranked number one. And the uh, winner but, last year. And, you know, he is the reigning champion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah I talk mean, about the men's game for a second, though, Valerie. I just want to get your thought. Because I, the thing that really strikes me is, you know, you had this movement, uh, a lot of evolution in string and racket technology, which allowed the players to really just beat the tar out of the ball from the from the backcourt, which, which that's the way the games were played. And then you have somebody like Rafa or Medvedev really started it. And everybody's doing it. They're so far back. That a lot of the venues don't even don't even work for them. They're bumping into the back screen, uh, and and now and now you have all of a sudden to counter that you've got you've got players hitting. I mean, the drop shot has come back into play, and and the lob too. What do you think about the men's strategic game right now? Well, the strategic game is really. I think the and we talked a little bit about this this evolution of going further and further back. I mean, in in some ways you can only see the top 10 players be doing that because if you're on the outer courts, to your point, you really don't have that room to move back. It's only on the really big venue arenas that somebody who likes to play back can go even further back. I mean, um, you know, Medvedev in Cincinnati last week, um, he was pretty much really far back. And the year before, um, there was a camera there that he went into that he almost yeah, broke he his ankle. Right. And uh, yeah. they they moved it this year, but they actually tried to put it back when he when he fell into it the, last year. But you know, everyone's moving back. I think. Um, but you know, and just as an aside, and you and I I play a lot of tennis still. I challenge any weekend tennis player to go 
find a court where you can go as far back as they are and then figure out how you're going to hit the ball on a return of serve, you know, and, and, and get it in the court on the other side. You're hitting it twice as far as you normally would and you're still trying to hit it down to the feet of the of the other player. It's not yeah. an easy thing to do. It's not easy at all. It's not easy at all. And 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 also too, um, a little bit, it shows the difference, I think, in strategy between American and European players, particularly the Spanish players. Um, you know, Courier noted a couple of months back that standing, obviously Rafa is the player I think most known for standing as far back as possible. And he's sort of the trendsetter. But in terms of coaching, um, it's really a Spanish coach, European coach uh, yeah, strategy to stand as far back as you can to return. Whereas on the American side, um, it's always stand as close into the baseline and come in. And and Courier, Courier himself noted that, you know, he was in the American camp, so to speak, on that. And then when he started training with um, Jose Higueras, Actually, like right before he won the French Open is when he started moving back. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's definitely two different styles of game. And but, but the cat and mouse, I think, is the most interesting, though, in reaction to the, all the players moving back. Now you have uh, uh, players serving and volleying for the first time in a long time. It's part of everybody's game. And you also have uh, uh, the drop shot coming into play. Like, I haven't seen this many drop shots in, in years. Yeah. I mean, there's... You know, and look at Alcaraz, you know, his his now like notable shot is, you know, he's down love 40 and he's going to drop a drop shot, you know, and, and yeah. uh, you know, th that's spectacular. And it also adds like a super element, you know, going back, you never really know what's going to happen. So, right. uh, you know, going back is not without consequence, but nobody moves around a court uh, like Rafa. And well, I mean, there are, but but. But, you know, moving from that far back to, the, you know, into the net and that that sort of speaks to physical conditioning, et cetera. And again, you know, movement, Medvedev, I mean, you know, he's like an octopus out there. He, he for such a large okay. guy. And it's kind of hard to really to hit a ball. Yeah, he it's it really hard you. to appreciate on TV how this lanky guy is moving, basically sitting in the first row of the seats and the next minute. He's, you know, at the at the net returning a drop shot. So all right, um, so, so let's let's do that. So you you've got Medvedev top pick, won it last year. Give me, you know, it's it's pretty wide open based on recent results here, but give me you know, like two or three other names that you think get to the semis and, and potentially win the men's side. Who's your who's your best picks? You know, I I well, you know, I'm very superstitious. So even though I'm wearing this shirt, I wore one that said 21 because, uh, you know, then we're already beyond that. So right. um, so it goes without saying who I'm rooting for. But I think guys who have a chance to get to the semis, a real chance, um, you know, Kyrgios, if he can, if he can play, um, I'm, I'm worried about the fact that he's played so much tennis and he's going to have to play yeah, looked, seven, three not, out of five matches. Uh, in Cincinnati, he looked injured. Uh, yeah, yeah, he looked injured and that was two out of three. So I hope he's rested and he's ready to go because, you know, he was, he made it to the finals at Wimbledon. He got a walkover in the semis. So he, he was only in his sixth match and when he got to the finals and, but unfortunately, yeah. he had to play Djokovic. I mean, that was the, you know, but now he won't. It's yeah, well, now he won't. But to that end, I mean, 
Korich looked really good in Cincinnati. I'm so glad he's healthy. Korich, I mean, crazy. We haven't even talked about him in, in several years. He was obviously a really good player, but he disappeared. And now he comes up with an amped up serve and wins Cincinnati. He, he beat everybody in Cincinnati. Yeah. Again, you know, that, but that's going to be the transition for the men. Moving from two out of three to three out of five. And, you know, the strategy for you know, the big three and anybody who succeeds, you know, that first week, just win. It can be ugly, but just win. Like, yeah. don't, 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 uh, you have to know how to expend your energy and save it. Who's, for your, who's your best American pick? If you had to, who, who do you like the best? You know, I'm going to say Taylor Fritz. Um, I, I, I sort of say that with a sigh because, you know, I had such great expectations for Taylor when he started out and and he kind of fizzled or didn't didn't mature, let's say, as quickly as I thought. But I think this last year he's really showed a lot his of movement grit. is so much better and his all court game is really on display when he can when he can when he yeah. can move around like that. He and played he should have won the first set. He he had a really good chance against Medvedev in Cincinnati and he, he couldn't quite close the deal. Yeah. I do, I do think his his mental fortitude was really lacking in the beginning. I think he's getting a lot better than that, than better at that. And I also think he's a lot more confident. I mean, mm -hmm. I think even though the two managers that he played against Rafa this year, Rafa was literally completely injured in both of them. Um, he played really well. Yeah, he beat him. And um, yeah. I also, yeah, I just think mentally he is, he's in the right place. And, and with an American crowd, I think that that could help him yeah. immensely. You know, what um, I really like is, uh, is Seb Corda, Sebastian Corda. And it's, it's more like he hasn't played the way that I think he can yet, but he's just got such a terrific all-court game. And he reminds me of Federer, the way he moves around the court. Yeah. He's just so agile and but quietly you never hear his yeah feet you know oh. i love sebastian corda i think you know he's got a great future ahead of him just a couple of if people are going out there he would definitely be somebody to see and he's going to be on an outer court mm -hmm. I, you know he oh, is that's a great, yeah, great by point. his great champion father peter corda you know give a shout out to his sisters nelly and jessica that's two right. great that's lpa lpga stars nelly gold medal winner on behalf of the united states at the olympics in Won women's golf i mean he's got yeah. Yeah. a great pedigree his mom was also a fantastic tennis player and in in the shadows he's being coached by andre agassi uh you know so they've been working on his serve he's, and he's been, young I think he's 21. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's definitely an American to watch. Uh, maybe yeah. this tournament, maybe, I don't know, maybe third round. I hope yeah. he goes further, yeah. but he's been I, I look forward to him breaking through. What about Alcaraz? You mentioned him earlier. What do you think? I mean, he, he was unbelievable on the clay. And yeah. he does things that nobody else can do. He's only, he's still 19, right? Yeah. I, maybe he's only 20. Well, you know, he has no fear. Um, I think, honestly, though, he's playing a little bit more tentative than he did at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. um, he looks a little less confident on the court. I don't know why. Um, I, I actually thought that he might have been injured when he came out of France. Um, he didn't really seem to be serving. Uh, some people mm -hmm. noticed some tape on his stomach. Um, last week in Cincinnati, he looked, he looked okay. He didn't look great. Um, to me, he but, looks like he's still playing junior tennis, right? He's just trying to hit a winner because he can off of every shot. But the level that he's playing against now, I mean, he lost an epic match in Cincinnati uh, uh, to um, uh, Cam Norrie, who, who's, you know, terrific. 
just could go shot for shot with him and wore him out because he just wasn't he wasn't constructing points. He wasn't he was just trying to hit winners at some point. Yeah, I mean, I I I wonder how he's. I mean, look, he did so well here last year. That surprise win against Cincy Pass, and then you know he won at least one or two rounds after that. Actually, they moved him to the grandstand in the round following, which was great because yeah. you could see him up close and personal. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, I think also too. When he first came on, I don't think a lot of players knew his game. And so you could get away with those drop yeah. shots on, you know, 40 love or whatever or down, you know, six, seven in the breaker or, you know, six, five in the breaker. Um, but I think players now can see his game on tape. They know to what to expect. And so it doesn't take long to adapt your game, you know, with all the statistics and all the analysis that goes on in the game now. So yeah, I right. think he's. He's combating that, but I think he'll be very. If you get to the court and watch him play, it's it's he he's a probable number one at some point in the future. He's only nineteen. Oh yeah, yeah. And let's, he's, let's go, and he's super Valerie, Let's go over the women's game here, lest people accuse me of. Okay. Well, not two being, things I just uh, wanted to say before we moved yeah. over. You've got team coming in as a wild card. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know what's well, going to happen with no him. Way. Very sad. But I would also two up and coming Americans to look at would be Shelton. Oh yeah, and uh, JJ the, the Wolf, NCAA uh, winner. Yep. Yeah, and JJ Wolf for people who are walking around, you know, looking for an interesting game. So I think there are two up and coming guys. I, I agree with that. Let's talk about the women's game, which is as wide open as it could possibly be, especially since Schwantek, who looks like she had consolidated, now is showing some weakness. She's been beaten by a number of players. It gives confidence to everybody who's up against her. Who do you who do you like there? You know, it's I, I I I you know that I don't like women's tennis as much as I like men's tennis. I'm not going to lie about it. Um, and and part of it is that you know I I've spent so much time rooting for some of these young American women who I thought had great careers ahead of them, and who you know you just know that you, you're going to root for them for four or five rounds, and then all of a sudden they're just going to fall apart. And yeah. so. Um, you know, as a practicing lawyer, I don't have a lot of time, so I can't waste my time uh, watching somebody who's not going to make it. But that being said, I love uh, Anna Samova. Uh, I just, I'm hoping that she's fit. Um, she, yeah, I have to she's see. young. She's 20. She's from New Jersey. For everybody on the East Coast, she's from New Jersey, born and bred in New Jersey. Um, she had started out so great. Unfortunately, her father, who was her coach, passed away. That's yep. a lot to get over at that age. And she's really come back this season very strong. Although in Cincinnati, she finished and she was wearing a boot. So I'm a little concerned. But her game has been progressing mentally. Her confidence is coming back. She really I think could she win it. Well. You're right. She's got the game. Um, I, yeah. I, I really love the game. Uh, it's, it's just so hard to convince people that it's real. It's Caroline Garcia, who won in Cincinnati, who's really been playing phenomenal this year her game is I mean she's just a great athlete and she does things that you look at her she's not that physically imposing you would think that she couldn't hit it as hard or serve as well or return from inside the baseline like she does but she's she's dominating the game last week anyway Mm -hmm. yeah she is and you know again confidence is you know nine tenths of the women's game in my opinion and she she's hitting her shots she's playing really well um you know uh I'm not as convinced about Emma Raducanu. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, she's got a yeah. lot of pressure on her. I think a lot of it is self-imposed. She, so she could win it because she already did. But you're right. It's not. It, it, it would be almost as surprising as last yeah. year. But in some ways, her. in some ways, she's going to be like the dark horse because nobody is going to be expecting her to win. So she could go through some rounds. But again, you know, the, the women are pretty, I think, you know, it, there is a lot of depth in the women's game. And so the early round matches, there are a lot of matches that could flip around. I mean, yeah, if the seed, if any of these seeds go out early, it just opens up huge sections of the draw yeah. for somebody else to climb through and get some get on a roll. Yeah. Uh, amongst the Americans, there's obviously a really strong group there. How do you like Jesse Pagula? I like Jesse Pagula a lot, and I I hesitate there. She's she needs a serve. She needs a better serve. Mm-hmm. And um, second serve. Yeah, she she gets pretty far, but then at some point the game breaks down a little bit. But I think she, you know, she's a really hard worker. And um, look, you know, if she gets the right draw, she could go really far. Yeah. I mean. And what about Coco? How far can she go? <sighs> okay. Coco, only, I mean, she's just a kid. That's the thing. Like, she's just a kid. She is just a kid. And you know what? I, you know, I. I have to say this. I just feel so sorry for her. I mean, the the pressure that is on her. She, you know, my gosh, she made it to the final of the French. It's something to be celebrated, not mm-hmm. something to cry about. I mean, you know, it's just, I just feel like there's so much pressure on her to, to be so great so early mm-hmm. that um, I just worry that's, that's going to hurt her longevity. Yeah. Um, She's but, really well handled, though. She's got she's got a great coaching team. She's got Patrick there. She's got you know the whole sort of team Federer, uh, you know, as 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 agent. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, so she, yeah. she, her parents have done a great job, kind of getting her to this point. I I think you forget how young she is, and she's maturing physically. I yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see her make a run all the way through. She's got the game. She's got great wheels. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. You know, again, I I think she can go really far. I mean, yeah, she could she could win this. I mean, that's absolutely true. I just think it's going to be there's going to be I mean, so much. I mean, it's one thing to have pressure on you in France. I mean, it's another thing to be at the U.S. Open, which is much more of a media circus. And um, you know, um, I know she's ready for it. I just I think she should just be a little kinder to herself. Is what I'm saying. And you know. Take from the finals of the sport. French. Yeah, you won't see the temper tantrum. Come, yeah. let's 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 come up with a couple of players, especially if you don't have good. If you if I don't have your tickets on on Ash, and I'm in the in the uh, in the, in the other in the outer courts, who are some players if you see them on the schedule that you just should go watch? Um. Well, I would say I would go watch. I would go watch. Well, you know, I'm very interested to see what Sophia Cannon. She's got a wild card. What yeah. she, what what kind of shape she's in. Um, I love BB Andrescu. Actually, you know, she won surprise yeah. winner, although I picked her to win the U.S. Open that year. I think I was the only one of the 20,000. seems like she's playing well. Yeah. Yep. She's playing well. You know, she's still, she's hungry. Um, she won on this court, so she's not afraid of it. Yeah. Um, you know, let's see how far she can go. I would definitely go see her, and I know she's going to be on the outer courts. Yeah. Um, on the I men's would, side, I, I really like, uh, if anybody has a chance to go see uh, Sinner play, yes. the Italian, I mean, he he's he's as good as anybody for two out of three. I don't know about three out of five, but he's got the right attitude. 
Yeah, and, and he's got one of the best. On, uh, Runa, yeah, he's Runa. got one of the best coaches in the world. I mean, That's Darren true. Cahill. I mean, um, if you uh, to me, if you had to pick a coach, I would I would take him. I mean, he he is uh, he is the best in my opinion. Yeah. I yeah. you know, so I'm I'm really excited to see what he's doing with his game. Yeah. Um, what about Runa? He's the young uh, Danish. I mean, he, he yes. Definitely, um, if you want to see a little bit of emotion, I would yeah. definitely find where he's playing on the outer court. I mean, well, wouldn't it be crazy? Once in a while, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if he had to play Curios? Like, that oh, would yeah. be like a match that I would love to see. That would be a boxing match, not yeah. a not Yeah, a yeah. and that match. could, you know, it could happen early. I mean, there, you know, I don't yeah. think Runa, I mean, I think he might be seated, but I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I, but, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Let's, uh, Valerie, let's close up with, uh, you know, because you know that venue like the back of your hand. What's your best, if people are visiting the National Tennis Center, what's your best trick uh, for navigating it or, or, or where well, to eat? Or, or, the know. tricks are getting, you know, it's like loopholes in the tax code. Every year, another loophole is closed. Um, so it's getting tougher. Look, the U.S. Open is a very expensive ticket, but in terms of the four Grand Slams, for a tennis fan, it's definitely the best value for your money because in most venues, especially the Grand Slam venues, um, you know, if you pay for a what what they call call a show court ticket, that's that's really you know in, in the United States, if you have a ticket for Arthur Ashe, you can still try to get into um, uh, Louis Armstrong or the Grandstand, right. etc. Um, you don't have that luxury in other venues in the world. Um, I would recommend that instead of getting a grounds pass, you buy, if you can get a seated ticket into the grandstand, yeah, great it's about court. the same amount, yeah. maybe, maybe $10, $20 more, but at least you'll have a guaranteed seat in a great court for a couple of matches. So I recommend that. Um, There's some shade over there too, if you, uh, if you exactly. play it right. Yeah. And I also super recommend you get the app, and you look at, yeah. there's two, you have the schedule and there's a practice schedule. And the way that the US Open has set up the practice courts now, even if you can't see Rafa or, you know, Kyrgios, or you can go out to the practice courts, there's tons of seating out there. There's tons of seating, but there are tons of people who are onto it. Yeah. And they're out there watching those guys practice. And if you think Rafa hits the ball hard and these top guys hit the ball hard, you, you just have to go to a practice. I mean, and then you see yeah. all the work behind. Um, it's like a boxer. You know, you yeah. don't you know, see. Another, another trick, and it, it, there's the, that you're talking about the practice courts, but if you get there early before the matches start for the day, all the outer courts are, are being used by somebody to just warm up, and you'll never get a chance to stand that close. I mean, especially right. if you're a weekend player, figure out if you could if you could return that that forehand or that bat. You get to see how much work they put on the ball if you're standing right next to them. Right. But I, I would tell you, anybody who wants to, a good trick, go to court 17. First, yes. first match of the day, 17 is the, it's like the, it's the, it's not as big as the grandstand. It's the next biggest court. But I think they built it for the European players, right? It's got all the TV cameras on it. So you'll see terrific players out there, maybe the best matches of the day. But if you go before they start the matches, there's a, uh, there's a press box. This is when you get really into the weeds, but the press box shades one side of the court in the morning. So you can just go sit there. You can be courtside. It's the best seat you'll find and watch whatever match they put on there first or second in the day. It's a great seat. How about well, I'll know where to look for you, Barry. Yeah, I'm no, I'll, for, uh, I'll be before I'll I go, you know, you. try to sneak my way into Ash. What, what's, uh, what's your, what's your food tip for people? 
my food tip for people is be prepared to spend a lot of money. <laughs> so that's my food tip. And as long as, uh, I mean, look, I'm a diehard for a pretzel with a little mustard, which is hard to find these days. But yeah. um, actually, the food is really good. I mean, you know, um, it's costly, but, as you know, and I'm talking about it in, in a comparison to other venues. The food is really good. I would say the food court right outside 17 um, is, yeah, is one of the best. And then there's um, outside, if you go over by the grandstand area, there it's really more expansive in terms of seating and um, yeah, food. It's not as crowded as going to the main food court and there's a lot of overlap. So, um, and then- I like the, uh, there's that, it, I think it's the Heineken bar. It's whatever's above the store over by the practice courts. Right, right. It's, it's maybe the food is pretty, you know, basic burgers and stuff, but it's uh, salads, but it's, uh, it's really, they got all the televisions. So if you want to be in the middle of the, you know, the epicenter of the U.S. Open, go over there and have a, have a, have a meal or a beer or something. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's going to be great. I mean, the matchups are, I'm really excited to see what this early draw looks like. Yeah. It's going to be, you can be running around. It's going to be great, you know, for, uh, for my aunt who comes up every year, she she actually quizzically stays in her hotel room the first couple of days so she can watch all the matches at wow. the same time. Um, that's how wow. crazy she is. But um, but you know it's uh, it's a real great it's a great opportunity. Um, fans from everywhere. Um, you yeah, really can okay. you know the weather is typically beautiful and now that there's a roof you know you're going to see tennis. Yeah, you got two, two roofs there. Well, my and, best tip, and maybe we'll close on this. My best tip for anybody who's watching this and they go to the open, find Valerie because <laughs> Valerie's got at least twelve tickets going at any point in time, and she's going from court to court. And if you find her, she's very likely to say, "Hey, come on, let's go watch this match over here," and then you got the best seat in the house. So. Well, I appreciate that, and I'll just say, I'm in. in if you're in Arthur Ashe, I'm at twelve G as in go, <laughs> as in go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you've got the goat. I hope you keep it, too. I, I think he's playing. He, and he's got an outside chance. If he gets to the semis, anything can happen. He's, he's so, he's got that so much That is true. Time, so that, good luck, so, Valerie. Uh, all right. Open. All right. See you there, Barry. Can't all right. wait. Bye-bye, right. everyone. And bye, Brian Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thanks. Well, for those of you who weren't excited about the Open before, I hope you are now. And I, I hope you also got a feel for how much information you can actually uh, think about besides who won the match. So that was a great wonky tennis conversation. It had nothing to do with business, but it is, it's, uh, it's a passion of mine. So we, we made it a special edition of the uh, uh, In the Know podcast. I want to thank again, as I have every time, the great work done by the Secured Finance Network team to make these possible. And thank you to Hilco Global for sponsoring the podcast series. Mm -hmm.